Well, hello everyone. Hello, folks. It's great to be with you again on this Solid Love '89 podcast. <laughs> welcome, welcome. <laughs> welcome, welcome. Mary and I are here again, and we're so excited to be with you. And you know, um, it's been fun, really, uh, seeing how uh, this whole epi- you know podcast is kind of kind of growing on its own. And uh, uh, you know, we are passionate about talking about this issue of marriage. We have a very high view of marriage. We we believe in the biblical view of marriage, and uh, we've been just taking note of some of the feedback that we've been getting. And so this podcast is going to really address some of the the questions that have been coming back to us. And really, I think the surrounding theme around a lot of the questions has been how do we pursue faithfulness? Faithfulness in a culture that elevates desire. Mm above everything. And I think you'll agree with me, Mary, that, that in this culture today, it's it's really centered around what we can get out oh, yeah. of something. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. More than what we can give into something. Mm-hmm. And so the, these, these aspects about the fear of getting into a relationship, the fear of fully committing to someone in marriage because of all the devastation, because of all the breakups, because of all the divorces, because of all the bad news around it, mm-hmm. um, creates uh, these thoughts and fears about marriage. And so people want to hedge their bets. Right. Right. right? Mm-hmm. They want to hedge their bets. They want to say, well, before I step into this, I must ensure that no harm will come to me. Mm-hmm. And so they, you know, they have prenup agreements and mm-hmm. things like that. One, in fact, one person asked that question, is, is a prenup agreement wrong? Mm-hmm. And right off the get-go, you know, a, the, a biblical view of marriage, what a Christian marriage is all about, is not about hedging your bets. No. Right? It's an all-in proposition. It's an all-in proposition. And it's kind of like faith, mm. right? Mm-hmm. You know, blessed are those who believe but have not seen, mm-hmm. right? Well, Jesus was take, talking to who? The doubting Thomas. And Thomas said, no, I'm not going to believe unless I touch the wound on his hands. And so uh, in some ways, that's uh, the way a lot of us approach this idea of marriage, that no, no, I got to make sure, I got to make sure, so I got to have a prenup agreement, I got to have this. Well, guess what? I have to have an exit ramp. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I I have to have an exit ramp. Yeah. And... And you know, uh, all of us do, that none of us has a solid lock on the future. Mm-hmm. None of us do, right? Right. I mean, even in our walk as Christians, we don't have a solid lock on the future, but mm-hmm. we trust God about the future. Right. And if you are in relationship with relationship with someone who, uh, to a reasonable degree that you're aware of, he's in fellowship, you know their lives, you know their commitment to Scripture, and you as well, you know you're committed to Scripture, and you're committed to the Lord, and there's been a track record. There's been a track record. People can see you both in the context of community, in the context of being faithful. I don't see any reason why not that you cannot dive in fully mm-hmm. and trust that God is going to carry you on. Right. There'll be bumps along the way. But if you both are committed that way, right? you know, because you're doing it God's way, God is committed. He's committed. He says it, right, in his word. 
Well, and he's the third person in that marriage. He is. <laughs> it's not just the two of you. Yeah. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Proverbs 3, right? Trust in the Lord with all mm-hmm. your heart. And lean not on your own understanding. And he will make your path straight. And so, and that's the whole idea is I think we're leaning too much on our own wisdom many times. And, you know, like, like we've said before, you want to hedge your bets. Right. And I think about the prenup. The prenup question yeah. came from a woman. Yeah. And, um, you know, I, I think um, I would want to flip that one and say, well, how would you as a woman feel mm-hmm. if the man you were going to marry insisted on a prenup? What mm-hmm. does it say? Mm-hmm. What is that telling you? Yeah. You know, yeah. We, we can, uh, you know, you're, you're only looking at it from, I think, one side. Yeah. yeah. And um, when anyone is insistent on something like that, it's um, it's a telltale, I think. Yes, I agree. And I think that the, um, the wholly devoted aspect mm-hmm. is is uh, the key. I know our pastor has said, get references. <laughs> I mean, you know. Absolutely, yeah, get I mean, references. F- go dig around and find out what you can find out about the person's track record yep. from other people. Exactly. Um, you know, their recommendation. Um, because, you know, exactly. I think that's also an important thing. Exactly. Another question that came up, um, uh, someone asked, uh, do you feel outserving will lead to being taken advantage of? Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Good yeah. question. Isn't it a good question? Yeah. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I've also heard it said mm-hmm. sometimes somebody would say, like, say in a relationship, a marriage that isn't working or it's broken. Yeah. Um, I gave and gave and gave, and I never got anything back. Yep, yep. And I would say, well, actually, you weren't giving in the first place. You were trading. You were trading. I traded and traded and traded, and he never traded anything back. But that's not what we do in marriage. We don't trade. We give. We give. And Jesus is our example. Regardless of the outcome, right? Yes. Jesus is our example. Absolutely. He, He gave. He didn't hedge, right? He didn't hedge his bets. While we were yet sinners, he died. He died for. He gave his life yes. for us. Yeah. Giving is giving. Yeah. You give when you give something. If it's truly a gift, you're yeah. giving without qualification, without expectation. Yes, unconditional. Unconditional. Yeah. And, um, and you're not doing it necessarily. For, you don't do it as unto the other person. You do it as unto the Lord. And he's our example, mm-hmm. right? He's yeah. a supreme example on how to do this. And that's why marriage pictures Christ's love for the church. Mm-hmm. Because that's whom we're emulating. Right. Um, giving is not based on on what we perceive to be the outcome. Right. Right. Yeah, absolutely. That's That's wonderful. That's wonderful. Yeah. And I think, you know, marriage, there's some risk involved, you know, mm-hmm. in that you know, we talked. We talk about the garden. Yeah. You know. Yeah. And Adam and Eve before the fall. Yeah. They were naked and unashamed. They were naked and unashamed. That's right. And after the fall, what did they do? They started making clothes for themselves. They were naked and ashamed. And ashamed. Yes. And blaming uh, each other. Pardon me. They were blaming each other. Right. Blaming away. each other. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. So it's a it's a different um, mindset, and I think when you look at um the aspect of risk you are going to be in a situation where you really know the other person well they're good things and they're bad things yep 
And there's a risk in that. Right. You're marrying an imperfect person. Yes. And That's you, the whole idea. Yeah. And yeah. you could take those imperfections of the other person yeah. and blab them all over town mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. ruin them. Yeah. 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 What a risk. <sighs> yeah, I tell you. You yeah. know, so yeah. you're really entrusting yourself. You're entrusting your, all your faux pas, everything. Yeah. And I think... You know, we've talked about this, the idea of of the home being a place of grace. Yes. A place safety. of refuge, mm-hmm. a place of safety for mm-hmm. our imperfections. Right. Because none right. of us is perfect. No, no. And each one of us needs a place of refuge, yeah. a place of safety. And that's what companionship provides. Right. One of the aspects, at least, right? Mm-hmm. And so when we're when we have this other attitude as to what's going to be in it for me, we tend to look at the flaws of the other person more mm-hmm. and they, they stand out to us and we're reacting to the flaws and we're not seeing our own. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. We definitely are not seeing our own. It's all about the other person's flaws. It's all about flaws. the other person, yeah. Yeah. And I'm so, perfect and you're not. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And there's, and there's no room for grace in that. Right. Right. Yeah. There's no room mm-hmm. for forgiveness and coming together and uh, and part of, again, growing in intimacy mm-hmm. is this whole idea of resolving conflict. Right. So God has provided us the resources uh, to be able to be successful in this whole arrangement that he has designed. Um, and then, you know, one of the, uh, the, the main things that we want to get to, at least in, 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 in uh, addressing this, uh, was the question about, you know, if you're over 40, if you feel like, oh my goodness, you know, my chance has passed me by or, you know, especially, and this really, mostly women, I think, mm-hmm. uh, have to deal with this question. And men, men yeah. do, men but do, men as well. I think it's more acute in yeah. the minds of women. Mm-hmm. And, and so, and so, you know, how, the question was, how do we address that? How can we talk to someone in that position? I think the the underlying question in that yeah. question yeah. <laughs> is, can I still trust God? Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't get what I wanted yet. Yeah. Am I still, a, you know, is he still trustworthy? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, um, you know, we serve the Lord mm-hmm. because he's worthy of being served. Yes, yes. And we trust him and his sovereignty in our lives. Absolutely. We trust him and his sovereignty in our lives. And also, um, what is our outlook in terms of God's purpose in our lives? What is it really all about? You know, because, you know, marriage can become an idol, right? Mm -hmm. In a sense, you're pursuing it and it becomes an idol up there and you don't want that idol to overtake your life. Right. The main thing is that you are focused on the Lord no matter what. Right. You know, if your life is focused on doing what the Lord wants you to do, then I think that's the best attitude. And, and um, I think Paul addresses this. Mm-hmm. In First, First Corinthians chapter 7, I believe, mm-hmm. he, he addresses this. And he's dealing with a culture where um, a lot of, uh, you know, the norm of society was being upended by Christianity. And you had a lot of people who were slaves, they're coming to Christ. A lot of people who are poly- polygamists, they're coming to Christ. And, and so he's dealing with a lot of these social issues. And he's, ta- he's instructing these early Christians about marriage and, and about singleness and, and about widows and should they get married and so forth. But I love this part because he deals with this subject of being single. 
mm-hmm. and and the trade-offs between marriage and being single, mm-hmm. right? And so in 1 Corinthians chapter 7, uh, he says, I say this as a concession. This is verse 6. Not as a command. He says it's as a concession. I want to make that mm-hmm. point. I wish that all men were as I am. Now, we know that Paul was single mm-hmm. by that statement. And he would he had the gift of celibacy. Right. And, and he says, but each man has his own gift from God. One has this gift, another has that. So in his mind, he's been given this gift. He's viewing it as a gift. Yeah. You know, this, this idea, mm-hmm. I'm single. And he gives the reasons why. And then he says in verse 8, Now to the unmarried, the unmarried, those who are single, and the widows, I say, it is good for them to stay unmarried as I am. But if they cannot control themselves, they should marry, for it is better to marry than to burn in passion. So he's dealing with this issue of self-control. Mm-hmm. And, and so even in our culture today, people, you know, they have issues with the self-control. He's saying, yeah, you know, get married if you have an issue with that. But he's saying it's better that they stay unmarried. Um, and now why, why would he say that? Well, I think he gives the answer in verse 32. He says, I would like you to be free from concern. Mm. I would like you to be free from concern. An unmarried man is concerned about the Lord's affairs, how he can please the Lord. But a married man is concerned about the affairs of the world, how he can please his wife, and his interests are divided. In other words, the focus of your Mm -hmm. life is going to be affected, single or married. Oh, yeah, okay. absolutely. An unmarried woman or virgin is concerned about the Lord's affairs. Her aim is to be devoted to the Lord in both body and spirit. But a married woman is concerned about the affairs of this world, how she can please her husband. Her focus is going to be on her family, her husband. Mm-hmm. As it should be. As it should be, right. Mm-hmm. And then he says, I am saying this for your own good. Not to restrict you, mm-hmm. but that you may live in a right way, and this is the crux of it, mm-hmm. in undivided devotion to the Lord. Right. Undivided devotion to the Lord. So if you're single, guess what? There's a leg up for you because yeah. you can really focus all your energies on, on God, mm-hmm. to be devoted to Him. You can be fully there. If you're married, guess what? You're going to have to deal with your family. And that's not a bad thing. No, not at all. Not at all. So if you find yourself, you know, you're single at 40 or whatever, whatever stage you think, oh my goodness, what do I do now? Guess what? Devote yourself to the Lord. Yeah. Fully. Yeah. Yeah. You're never, you're never a victim of circumstances. Yeah. You're never trapped. Yes. Um, yeah. You know, you're never less than. Yes, you're never less God than. God has always, yeah. he always has a plan because he is sovereign. Mm-hmm. And the whole point is to find out from him, well, you have me in this situation. What do you want me to do? What's the next thing? Well, what's the next thing that you want me to do? Exactly. Exactly. The next step of obedience in my life, given whatever situation I'm in. Amen. Amen. And so, so there, there you have it. To summarize everything, really, you know, our focus should be about what God wants us mm-hmm. to do and say 
and be. Right. It's about our identity in Him. Our identity doesn't come from these other thoughts about marriage or about singleness. It comes from Him. It, it's, it comes from Him and it's all about Him. Are there any other thoughts you want to share, Mary? Well, I just think in my life, I think no matter what stage you're in, yeah. the wholehearted devotion mm-hmm. um, really begins with the Word of God. Mm-hmm. I think you can know Him best by what He says. Yeah. And uh, there's, no, um, there's no shortcut there. Yep. I just think, uh, you know, lately I've been meditating on the Psalm 19 and the law of the Lord. Mm. The law of the Lord is perfect. Yeah. And it says uh, that it uh, it revives the soul. The soul, yep. It's trustworthy, mm-hmm. making wise the simple. The law of the Lord is right. It gives joy to the heart. And the law of the Lord is radiant, mm-hmm. and it gives light to the eyes. Mm-hmm. You cannot underestimate the value yeah. of God's word in your life and what He will do through it. That's right. Yeah. That's right. Well, I hope you've enjoyed our podcast today. I hope uh, it's helped answer some questions that are out there. Uh, we welcome any of your questions, and from time to time we will address them. And we hope you have just a just a blessed week this week. Uh, as you continue, those of you that are married, to continue to, to, to honor the Lord Absolutely. in your relationships. Mm-hmm. And if you're single, honor the Lord in That's your right. being single. Exactly. All right. God bless you now. God bless. Bye. Bye Bye-bye.